0: You're listening to Our Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhalayn and al hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhalayn.org slash support. Remember we talked about the Mi'raj and the Isra, the ascension to the heavens, that was you know, probably third or fourth year after the Hijra. Well, in the fifth year of the Hijrah, a very significant event that happened in Mecca was the birth of Lady Fatima, Salamullahi alayha. She was born in the fifth year of the Hijrah. Now, what's that? Ba'tha, I'm sorry, yes. The fifth year after Ba'tha. So we're talking five years after the Prophet received revelation. Now, Lady Fatima was blessed to be born in the most pure household in history. Her father is the messenger of God. Her mother was who? Lady Khadija That amazing pure woman who defended the religion of Islam through sacrifices and through her amazing care for the messenger of God. You know, to what point Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cared about Khadija because of her care to the Prophet. We have a hadith that states once the Messenger of God in Mecca, he went to preach in Masjid al-Haram. He stood at the hilltop of Safa. You know, you do the Sa'i between Safa and Marwa. He stood at the Safa and he was preaching to the Meccans. They started chasing him with stones. So the Prophet ﷺ left the city, he went to a nearby mountain to take some rest. Khadija ﷺ was waiting for the Prophet to come back home. He didn't. So she, along with Imam Ali ﷺ, they got worried. Where's the Prophet? So she comes out of her house. She goes into the valleys of Mecca searching for the Prophet. She's running from one valley to another valley crying. Crying, shedding tears because the Prophet is missing. She was concerned that something happened to him, that something not happened to him. At that point, Jibra'il comes to the Prophet. The Prophet was bleeding at this point because they had stoned him with some rocks. He was bleeding. So imagine the Prophet is in a difficult state himself. He needs someone to take care of him. Jibra'il comes to the Prophet. He tells him, Ya Rasulallah. Khadija's crying and she made all the angels of the sky cry. Go and find Khadija and comfort her. Do you see the greatness of Khadija? The Prophet, who is the greatest of God's creation, he himself is in that state. Jibrail tells him, go and comfort Khadijah. She's looking for you and she's crying. This is the avama of Lady Khadijah. Salam. This is the greatness of this woman, which history has neglected. And Muslims throughout history have not done justice to this lady. In fact, we have authentic hadiths that when the Prophet came down from the Mi'raj, right before he came down, he asked Jibra'il, Jibra'il, you know, you've served me, you've been with me, you took me on this journey. Can I do anything for you? The Prophet asks who? Jibra'il, can I do anything for you? Sunni hadiths have narrated this. Jibra'il said yes. I have one request from you. When you go back down to the earth, convey my salam to Khadija. This is the greatness of Lady Khadija alayhi In fact, Bukhari narrates that once Lady Khadija alayhi she was carrying a, a tray of food, carrying a tray for the Prophet when Jibra'il had come, bringing revelation to the Prophet. Jibra'il told the Prophet, you know, pointing towards Khadija, give her my salam on behalf of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is where? In Bukhari. So Lady Khadija salam is the mother of Fatima and she's this amazing, great woman who truly sacrificed. Now before Lady Fatima, she had a number of children from the Prophet uh, She had a couple of sons. Uh, Al-Qasim was the first son. That's why the title of the Prophet was Abu al-Qasim. Have you heard, you know, people referring to him as Abu al-Qasim? That's the reason, because he had a son by the name of Qasim. She gave birth to him, but he was young when he died. Al-Qasim died. That was the first child of Lady Khadija and the Prophet. Um, the Prophet enters into the room of Khadija and he sees her crying and weeping. And he tells her, why are you crying you know, so much? She tells him, "You know I'm crying because our son died and you know we still don't have children. So at that point, the Messenger of God told her, Oh Khadija, let me tell you something that will make you happy. At the gate of paradise, your child is waiting for you. And it will state, I will not enter paradise until my mother joins me. And by the way, we have hadiths that this applies to all those who lose children or miscarry. The hadith from the Prophet he says, any woman who miscarries or she has a you know fully born child who dies later that miscarriage that child will be standing at the gates of paradise and and frowning meaning in sadness Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will address that fetus and tell the fetus why don't you enter you're innocent and I've made Jannah available for you the fetus will state I shall not enter unless my parents join me. And because of the innocent fetus, Allah forgives the parents and allows them to uh, join. So losing a child is a great loss. It's a loss you can't quantify, you can't describe. But just remember the Rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how he compensates those who do miscarry or lose children. So when the Prophet sallallahu alaihi says that to Khadija, that gives her a lot of comfort. And then they had another son by the name of Al Tahir. He also dies. They have a number of girls. Um, f- for example, Zainab, Ruqayya, Umm Kulthum. These are the daughters that uh, Lady Khadija and the Prophet had. The last of the children of Khadija was Lady Fatima in the fifth year of the B'Atha, five years after the Prophet received revelation. And we have historians telling us that, for example, we have hadiths attributed to Aisha. Al-Khatib Al-Baghdadi is a Sunni historian and scholar. He actually narrates this hadith from who? From Aisha. He says, Aisha said once, I examined the Prophet. He would embrace Fatima a.s so much he would hug her and kiss her and he would frequently do this. So once I asked him, why do you keep on doing this? Isn't it too much? Aisha is objecting to the Prophet. The Prophet tells her, oh Aisha, let me tell you something. When I went to the Mi'raj, ascended to the heavens, in a long story, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me a heavenly fruit to eat. I took from that fruit and because I ate that heavenly fruit, I carried the seed of Fatima. I came down to earth that same night, I approached Khadija and that same night Fatima salam was conceived. So the origin of Lady Fatima is from Paradise. Whenever I would miss the fragrant smell of Paradise, I embrace my daughter Fatima and smell her because she has the smell of paradise. That's why I keep embracing her, to remember paradise. Who narrates this hadith? al Khatib Al-Baghdadi. On the authority of who? Aisha. We, in our sources, we have many of these hadiths, of course, but these are some hadiths and their sources. So in the, fifth year, in the fifth year of the Ba'tha, Lady Khadija Alayhis is pregnant and she's about to give birth to Lady Fatima Alayhis salam. Now the woman of Quraysh, remember Khadija was the wealthiest woman. So all those elite women of Quraysh would hang in, around in her house. She would have women gatherings in her house. She had a fancy house, by the way, uh, you know, compared to the standards of, of that time. She was the wealthiest woman, so it was natural that she would have, you know, an upscale house. When she marries the Prophet many women abandon her. They tell her, you went after a person who was an orphan and he's not rich. They looked at the marriage of Lady Khadijah to the Prophet materialistically. And so they shunned her. He told her, you didn't, do the, you didn't you know, do the right decision. Why did you marry a man so poor and humble like him? So they start abandoning her. When Lady Khadija السلام, is now pregnant and she's about to give birth to Lady Fatima السلام, the hadith from Al-Imam Al-Sadiq which is in the book Bihar Al-Anwar the Imam السلام, states that all of the women of Quraysh boycotted Khadija. This is a fundamental point over here. You know when, they, when other schools of thought make a comparison between Khadija and other women, other wives of the Prophet. My question is, those other wives who came in Medina, what did they sacrifice for Allah and Islam? Name me one thing. What did they sacrifice? Those wives who joined the Prophet in Medina, you know what happened? All that happened is they gained prestige because now they became the woman of the Prophet. He was taking care of them. People had respect for them. What did they sacrifice? Who is the one who lost her socioeconomic status because she joined the Prophet? That's Khadija Can you compare between the two? Khadija lost all that wealth, all that socioeconomic status in Mecca because the Meccans hated Khadija. They told her, you're the reason why he became successful. It's your wealth that saved him and his religion and his followers and you bailed out those Muslims, and you freed slaves. They boycotted Khadija. They considered the success of Islam a result of her sacrifice. So she lost her friends. She lost everyone in Mecca. She had no one. She became a gharib, a lonely person. You compare her to the one in Medina when she married the Prophet, and she gained all that prestige, and she sacrificed nothing, and she caused all those headaches to the Prophet. This is shameful for us to make a comparison like that. So Lady Khadija alayhi salam loses that social status in Mecca. The Quraysh were very agitated. You know, why did you become the first Muslim? Why did you support the Prophet? Why are you spending from your money? Al-Imam al sadiq alayhi salam in this hadith he states when she was pregnant with Lady Fatima, everyone abandoned her. She would be alone in her house suffering from loneliness. The hadith states, once the Prophet ﷺ entered the house and he heard Khadija talking to someone. The Prophet tells her, Khadija, who are you talking to? Initially she kind of felt embarrassed to say, but he asked her, who are you talking to? She said, okay, I was hiding this from you, but I'll tell you. This pregnancy has been unusual for me. I've been very lonely because everyone has abandoned me. Of course I have you, but remember when you have a certain social status and you lose it, you feel lonely sometimes. When I feel loneliness at home, my fetus talks to me. Lady Fatima salam would speak to Khadija salam while she was pregnant with her. Yeah, don't be surprised. If Jesus al-Salam spoke the second he was born and he gave comfort to Maryam, why couldn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give that honor to Lady Fatima to comfort Khadija? So she would comfort Khadija according to this hadith attributed to Imam al-Sadiq alayhi salam until she gives birth. Now at the time of birth she needed a midwife to assist her. You know they didn't have hospitals back then. A midwife would come to assist with the delivery. None of those women from Quraysh agreed to come. And imagine that's a difficult moment for a woman who's going through labor, right? You need family members, friends, a midwife, somebody to be there for you. She was all alone in her room at the time of birth. Our hadiths indicate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent four women to help Khadija alayhi salam. Who were they? Asiya, the wife of the pharaoh. Lady Maryam alayhi salam, that's number two. Number three, Sarah, the wife of Prophet Ibrahim. And the fourth one is Keltham, the sister of Musa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends them, of course, their souls. I mean, they had passed away, but in human form, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent them to assist with the delivery of Lady Khadija. And so, Fatima Zahra on 20 Jamadi al Thani, which is the sixth the sixth month in the Islamic calendar today. On the 20th, she was born in the city of Mecca. Fatima alayhi salam, brings so much joy to the life of the Prophet sallallahu to Lady Khadija alayhi salam. You know, she is no longer that lonely. She's so happy. Fatima alayhi salam, you know, even when she was young, she takes on a motherly role to comfort the Prophet, to be there for him. You know, we have some historical accounts that tell us the Prophet would be in Masjid al-Haram. The pagans would come harass the Prophet as he was in sujood praying. You know, they'd bring the testines of the animals and they'd uh, contaminate his clothes with it. Sometimes they would harass him. Fatima al-Salam would see and observe these scenes and she would cry often. You know, when the Prophet would go back home, she would wipe. Imagine a little daughter. We're talking about a three, four-year-old daughter. She would wipe his forehead from the blood and the dust and she would comfort the Messenger of Allah. So Fatima alayhis really grows up, uh, you know, in a very difficult childhood, seeing her father harassed, the Muslims persecuted. But the real persecution comes in the next stage which we'll examine next week inshallah, which is the stage of Sha'b Abi Talib where kids would starve to death and Fatima being a young girl, a daughter, she witnessed all of these tragedies. So Fatima in Mecca really had a difficult childhood because she would witness all these acts of injustice against her father, against her mother and against those early Muslims.